I'm going to be reading 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 3 to 8 on page 961 of our Bible. Here goes. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried and raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Kephas, then to the Twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive. Some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Now, if you want to put that into a nutshell, the first thing we want to be doing is working out why we read those verses in the first place. Because, honestly, let me put it like this. Don't you sometimes think that life is getting nowhere? You work hard all week and what happens? It was just like the week before, last week. And same with uh, uh, this year. And you give it all you've got and it's pretty much the same as it was last year. And suddenly the years go rushing across and, hey presto, you're, hello, come in, come in, come in. Thank you. Uh, grab, a, grab a seat. There we go. Uh, and suddenly you're nearly at the end of the year and at the end of your life because the re- all the years have just rushed past. And that is true, isn't it? This week, next week, what's the difference? Well, next week you'll be just a little bit further on in the queue to the crab. And that's where you're going. Okay, I'm only saying that to cheer you up because... Uh, <laughs> What we're going to find out is that actually there is a better purpose to now. And we'll see that that's what we learned from what happened then. And when Jesus died and came back to life, gives us something new to do and to live for. And the first thing to say is that it is absolutely all true. If you put your specs on and have a look at the big word that appears between uh, verses 3 to 8, and you will see, I'll underline it here for you, uh, and you've even got it in uh, Bulgarian, uh, that he appeared to Kephas, he appeared to more than 500, he appeared to Peter, and he appeared to me. He appeared, appeared, appeared first to his best friend, Peter, Kephas, the rock. Then there were 500 other people who saw him. He appeared to his brother, James. He appeared to his worst enemy, Paul, who was killing the church. It is all what people saw 
And it's written down so we can see what they saw. Now, if you think about it, all the big decisions of your life are made by you trusting what someone else saw and wrote down. So what's the thing you will spend most of your money on, most of us, if we're lucky enough? A house. Before you buy a house, what do you do? You get a survey to make sure you're not wasting all those thousands of pounds. How do you get the survey? Because some of it have had a look at the house and they wrote down what it was like. And you can put your money there because you probably get it all back plus some, if you're in Dagenham. Now, what about your biggest fear? That is, when you go under a surgeon's knife. What makes that a day of confidence for you? Because someone saw that they could actually do things in the right place and uh, in the right way, and they wrote it down. They gave them a certificate that qualifies them, and therefore you can go into the theatre reasonably trusting. All those decisions. What about uh, Snaresbrook Court, the other place where the people's second home in Dagenham? Uh, what, what happens there? Okay? Someone makes a decision whether a person goes away for 20 years or not based most of the time on what other people saw. I was at Snaresbrook Court and the freedom of a man's uh, uh, future depended on whether we trusted what people saw and wrote about in the police statements that were read. All the big decisions are made by us trusting what people saw and wrote. And honestly, the decision to follow Jesus is entirely on the same basis. It is absolutely true. And we're going to be uh, seeing that uh, in uh, our, our service. And that is why we sang our song about Jesus being alive, because people saw that he was alive. Who saw? His best friend, his brother, and his worst enemy. Let me ask you, what would it take to make your best friend, your brother, and your worst enemy treat you like God? Wouldn't it take something special? Wouldn't it mean that after you die, you would need to be a walking, talking body who can do barbecues on a beach, who can walk with your friends for miles, who can live with you for a month, and to prove that this person who died is not like everybody else. At that point, your best friend, your brother, and your worst enemy will realize you are God and start following you. That is what we are asking people to do on our estate, and that is why we think it is true. Now we're going to stop there and sing a song that it tells us that it's, it's true. Okay, verse 20 says, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. 
but each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Now Mike has just told us that loads of people saw Jesus alive. Can I remember who saw Jesus alive? Friends. His friends? Abigail? His brother? Anyone else? Paul, his enemy. Loads of people saw him. But that leaves us with a big question. So what? Why does that matter to us today? Because that was ages ago. People saw him walking around then, but he's not walking around now. So why does that matter to us today? But this part of 1 Corinthians just told us. It told us that Jesus is the first fruits. Now I didn't know what that was, so I have to look it up. And I've made a big picture. Rob, can you come and help me hold up the picture? Now the first fruits is a farming word. Now, so I've done this picture. Can anyone tell what it is? What this picture is here? It's a tree. It's a tree. Can anyone guess what type of tree? Maybe you're on this table here. Go on, Rachel. It's an apple tree. It's an apple tree. You can tell because there's apples on the tree. Even this one. Now, this one, this is a first fruit. The other ones, they haven't quite grown yet. They're not quite fruit yet, but this is a first fruit. Now, a farmer, when they build, um, not build, they plant their trees and they get their fruit. And when they get it, they take the first one off. And they say, oh, look at that lovely apple. That's what they might say. And then they go, oh, Jay, this apple tastes delicious. Delicious. Mm. Once they've eaten their apple, they can say, Joe, the tree's on this apple. The tree's, that apple's on this tree. <laughs> they are going to taste delicious. They can tell because they've tasted the first fruit. And then all the rest that grow will be just like the first fruit. And that's what 1 Corinthians says Jesus is like. He is a first fruit. You see, some people get confused. They think, well, Jesus, he, he died as a man and he came back alive again because he was God. But this says he's a first fruit. When Jesus came alive again, when people saw him, he was a man. He was fully God and fully man. And because he was man, it means that people, humans, can do exactly the same. So Jesus was the first, the first to die and rise again. And he's the first fruit. So everyone now that belongs to Jesus will do exactly what he did. And what did he do? After he died, what did Jesus do that no, one, no human had done before? He came back to life again. He is the first fruit. He just shows us what we can be like if we are in him. If we are the same tree as Jesus. 1 Corinthians tells us he was a first fruit. He died, he rose again. And if we belong to Jesus, we will be the same. That's why it's great news for us today. Because although we can't see Jesus walking around, if we belong to him, we can have confidence that the same thing that happened to him will happen to us. We're not apples, but we can be like Jesus. We can die and rise again. That's what 1 Corinthians tells us. Now the kids are going to go out. Are they going to go out now? We're going to go out and we're going to make something to help us remember that. That Jesus is the first fruits. We're going to be looking at another part of the Bible. And we're going to be looking a little bit further, the same chapter, but chapter verses 35 
to 49. Slightly longer, but uh, really, really good to look at. Let me show you why in a moment. But let me read them to you first. And that is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35 to 49. Here goes. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? You foolish person, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare seed, perhaps of wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. And there are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. But the glory of the heavenly is of one kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For star differs from star in glory. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. And then skip the last verse. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labour is not in vain. So what we found out so far is that it's true. That is, it is you, where have the trees gone? In other words, what we're saying is not that Jesus was something special, unique, and it'll never happen to you. No, he started up a resurrection that is now going on, and you will be part of that process of resurrection too. It is true, it is you. But what we're going to look at now is that it is new, meaning it is better the way we will finish the story. And that is the point that verses uh, uh, 
39 to 45 are making. That there is going to be something far better in the future. Now, most people in Britain think that when you die, you go to a sort of a soul place called heaven, and nothing there is real. And what we're finding out is that the Bible is telling us something that is far greater in the future than that. And you see what uh, uh, Paul is saying. If you uh, look at my little friend here that I brought along. There we go. Uh, meet my friend. And that is uh, the body that you have now. Um, some of you have got quite a lot more than that on your body. <laughs> but uh, that is what you are. And that is your body. Now, we think that actually heaven's not going to be a very physical place. But what the Bible tells us is that we all got very excited in verse 45 when God breathed a bit of air into a bit of mud and turned it into a man and we know what fun life is. It's great to be alive, isn't it? Wonderful. Well, the point the Bible wants to make is this. That if you plant something that is physical, you're not going to end with something that is less than that, that is worse than that. You will end up with something that is better than that. And so that's what the Bible promises us for our future. And therefore, we can see this body, the logic is we can now therefore see this body as our spare body. It is the body that we will have for a while, but that is not the body that we will have in its fullness, in its future. Then we will have a body where we can pursue all the different careers that we would love to be able to pursue. I know the doctors will, be able, will probably need to retrain, but uh, uh, most other careers are open, architecture, and everything else are waiting for your uh, creative uh, touch in the future. You can spend all your time doing the things that you enjoy in this new creation. You can chase up every single hobby that you want to do. And it's all there with the greatest expanse of time for you to follow it up and do it all in. The flip side of that is if you don't think like that, then this is not your spare body, this is the only chance you've got. And therefore verse 32 applies, you will want to cram as much pleasure and throw as much uh, um, experience into this body, because as it says in verse 32, uh, if there's nothing, uh, if the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. If YOLA is true, you only live once, uh, or YOLO, uh, YOLO is true, you only live once, then you have got to give your body every single treat that you can now. But if YOLO is not true, 
and you don't own any body, and this is your spare body, but you don't need to rush to give it every pleasure that you can put your hands on. Now, do you see what I'm saying? It is actually the same logic as the suicide bomber that uh, we sadly had to learn about last week in the newspaper. It's the same logic in the sense that, well, they don't think that their present body is worth hanging on to, and so what they do is they go and blow themselves up and they hurt people. What's wrong with the suicide bomber is not the logic, it's that they've got Jesus wrong. So for a start, there's no foundation for believing that there's anything for them, because they don't have any evidence to say that there is. But worse, they don't understand what their body is for. But if you take the same logic, that that is your spare body, and you get Jesus right, then you have every reason to know it's true, it is you, and it will be new, so this is your spare body, and therefore, you can use it to love Jesus, and to live for him, and to work for him, which is where this letter finishes up on that chapter, therefore, abounding work of the Lord, for in the Lord your labour is not in vain. Use your spare body for that. That's what the Bible tells us. That's the message of Easter Sunday. And therefore, it is just wonderful, isn't it, that it is true, and it is going to be you if you are part of that tree, if you are part of Jesus. The resurrection, your resurrection, has already begun. There's no stopping it now. Not for you. It will happen. But therefore, you have a spare body. What are you going to do with your spare body for the rest of your life? What are you going to do with it next week, the week after? Where you can give it a whole new purpose, can't you? Use your spare body. Live for the glory of Jesus. You don't need to cram into eating and drinking and living it all now. You can use your spare body full on for the glory of Jesus. Dedicate your spare body to that purpose. To live for His glory. And that is the new purpose to our present day. That resurrection Easter Sunday brings to us as God's word to us now. So I don't know where you are on uh, the map when it comes to being a Christian, whether you are, whether you're not. Here are three things to remember. It's true that we can follow Jesus. We have every reason to do that because it's true. It's you. It's wonderful that it's not Jesus and his resurrection. His resurrection is to show you your resurrection. That has already started. We're on our way. Yes, you are one day closer to the creme. And you are one day nearer to glory.
Let's pray and we'll seek God and pray that we will live for his glory now as we will then. Our Lord God, we do want to thank you for the great truth that you have put in front of us by showing how Jesus appeared and appeared and appeared and appeared because he is God and we have every reason to follow him because that is true. And we thank you for the great truth that that resurrection is our resurrection that has started because he is the first fruits of a bigger harvest. And we thank you that because it is true and because it is for you and for me and for your people, Lord, we pray uh, that you would please help us to live now with our spare bodies solely for the glory of his name. And we pray that that we might be like him and grow increasingly not to hurt people but to love and serve them. Amen. Amen.